Hello and welcome to the Church of Max and Anuj. This week we discuss philosophy with a man who likes thinking about life just as much as we do. Bob Dylan is not only one of Max and my favorite musicians, but he is considered one of the greatest songwriters of all time. His lyrics capture the listener's attention and forces others to be philosophers as well. His music has touched and influenced many lives, and in fact, most of you listening have, have felt this way, or if you do listen to his, one of his songs later, it'll make you really think about life differently. Join us as we delve into the philosophical ideas with the Nobel Laureate in Literature and one of the fathers of American folk music himself. This is Life Could Be a Dream. Bob, your songs were so inspiring and jaw-dropping. Of course, a lot of it, which is due to the lyrical genius behind the whole thing. And although your voice was amazing, the lyrics created this sort of aura which which came across to the listeners. Were you always the type of guy to write your own songs, or did that come to you some other way? Uh, no. But I didn't really start writing my own songs. Uh, but you have to take the lead from somewhere, and... There were only a few performers who wrote songs, and one of them was my, my one of my favorites was Len Chandler. Um, but I just thought that it was his own personal thing, and I wasn't enough wasn't enough to inspire me to do it myself. As a, uh, as far as I was concerned, uh, Woody Guthrie had written the greatest songs, and there was no way to top that. Eventually, though, while not trying to reweave the world, I uh, I did compose a slightly ironic called ironic song called. Let me die in my footsteps. I'm sure your songs did inspire many, and even if they weren't written 100% by all by you, but all these lyrics that you wrote, they must have come from your experiences or emotions or views on certain things. Do you remember what made you start writing songs or any emotions that played into that brainstorming process? I can't say that uh, when it occurred to me to write my own songs, I couldn't have come up with anything comparable or halfway close to the folk song lyrics I was singing to define the way I felt about the world. I guess it happens to you by degrees. You just uh, don't wake up one day and decide you need to write songs, especially if you are a singer who has plenty of them, and if you are listening to more every single day. Opportunities may come along for you to convert something, something that exists, into something that didn't yet. That might be the beginning of it. Sometimes you just want to do things your your own way. But you want to you wanna see for yourself what, what lies behind the misty curtain. It's not like you see songs approaching and invite them in. It's not that easy. You have to want to write songs that are bigger than life. You want to say something about strange things that have happened to you, strange things you've seen. You have to know and understand something and then go past the vernacular. Chilling precision that these old-timers used in coming up with their songs was no small thing. Sometimes you could hear a song, and your mind jumps ahead. You see similar patterns in the ways that you were thinking about things. I, I never, never looked at songs as either good or bad, only different kinds of good ones. Unfortunately, I can't really say the same, although I do know that there are definitely different kinds of bad songs. But now that I think of it, your songs do all relate in the same way to sort of the bigger picture of life and your interesting experiences that made you understand something a little differently. 
Exactly right. Uh, you live with what life deals you. You have to make the best of things, and you have to make things fit. The songs were written to the glory of a man and, and not to his defeat. But all these songs added together don't even come close to my whole vision of life. Sometimes the things that you like the best, that have meant the most to you, nothing at all to you when you first heard or saw them. Yeah, I mean, first impressions are often deceiving, and sometimes it takes a while to understand something or someone to that to that level, and then and then somehow the first impressions are thrown out the window. Songwriting for you sounds like it was never really a chore, more of an inspirational way to to let your mind roam or to put the ideas that that float through your mind onto paper. Songwriting also seems to have come naturally to you, then, yes. If not, how did songwriting make you feel? Uh, a song is, is like a dream, and you try to make it come true. There are like strange countries that you have to enter, and you can write a song anywhere, in a railroad compartment, on a boat, on a horseback. It helps to be moving. Sometimes people who have the greatest talent for writing songs never write any because they're not moving. I wasn't moving in any of these songs, not externally anyways. Still, I got them all down, as if I was. Sometimes things you see and hear outside of yourself can influence a song. Uh, for instance, the song Political World could have been triggered by current events. But I had no interest in politics as an art form, and I don't think that this was all there was to it. The song is too broad. The political world in the song is more of an underworld, not the world where men live, toil, and die like men. With this song, I thought I might have broken through to something. It was like you wake up from a deep and drugged slumber, and somebody strikes a little silver gong, and you come to your senses. You know, it's fascinating that writing a song is easier when you're moving. I mean, I can't really think about it, but I mean, I can't really imagine someone sitting on a horse and writing songs, but whatever you say. And it even though you say it may help, your songwriting skills were unmatched and you never wrote them on the move. Um, but external, as you said, external things like politics can affect your thinkings and your ideas. But ultimately, ultimately, you said your songwriting was never really about politics and you didn't really let that let the politics get to your head. You mentioned also that life is like a dream and that you try to make you, you try to make that dream come true in the in songs. Did you ever sing about the things you wished to, or hoped for, about? Or were they always about the truth? Hmm. Uh, sometimes you say things in songs, even if there are a small chance of them being true. Sometimes you say things that have nothing to do with the truth or what you want to say. And sometimes you say things that everyone knows is true. Then again, at the same time, you're thinking that the only truth on earth is that there is no truth on it. Whatever you say, you're saying it in a ricky-ticky way. And there's... There's never time to reflect. <laughs> it sounds like songwriting can lead you to think about the, the unsolved mysteries of our world, which could very well be true because your lyrics compelled me to think about ideas and truths that have never crossed my mind before. Yet you say there is no time to reflect, but you've done so much for your generation. You must, you must have to reflect occasionally on your impactful doings. What are your thoughts on representing a generation? Uh, hmm. Here we, here, here we go again. All I've ever done was sing songs that 
were dead straight and expressed powerful new realities. I had never, I had very little in common with, with it, and knew even less about a generation I was supposed to be the voice of. I had left my hometown only ten years earlier and wasn't vociferating the opinions of anybody. My destiny led down the road with whatever life invented, and uh, it had nothing to do with representing any kind of civilization. Being true to yourself was was the was the thing, you know. I was a uh, I was more of a cow puncher than a pipe pipe piper. <laughs> Do you think that being famous and having a platform is why people thought that you were representing them? Uh, I think people I think people think that fame and riches translates into power. So I guess I would agree with that. But um, but here's what I've learned is that. That it brings glory and honor and happiness, you know, and, and, and maybe it does, but sometimes it doesn't. You know, I found myself stuck in, in Woodstock where I lived, you know, vulnerable and with the family to protect. And if you looked in the press, though, you saw me being portrayed as anything but that. It was surprising how thick the smoke had become. And it seems, you know, like the world has always needed a scapegoat, you know, someone who would leave the charge against the Roman Empire. But America wasn't the Roman Empire, and someone else would have to step up and volunteer. I really never, never I was really never more than, than what I was, a folk musician who gazed into the gray mists with tear-blinded eyes and made up songs that floated in luminous haze. I wasn't a preacher performing miracles, and, and, and you know, being, being categorized as so would have driven anybody mad. Yeah, I, I guess I can see how that drove you mad, but... You don't worry, Anuja and I will change people's view of you in the future, you know, when we become big shots. Uh, but you were simply trying to figure out the world and its secrets, and that's that's very understandable. And you just wanted to tell your story and release these ideas to the listeners and your understanding through folk music. Yeah, for, for sure. My, my lyrics had never had, had struck nerves that had never been struck before. and in my And if my songs were just about the words, then... What was Dwayne Eddy, the great rock and roll guitarist, doing recording an album full of instrumental melodies in my songs? Musicians have known that my songs are about more than just words. But people are not musicians. What I had to do was recondition my mind to stop putting the blame on external forces. I had to educate myself, get rid of some baggage. The solitude of time was what I didn't have. Whatever the counterculture was, I'd seen enough of it. I was sick of the way my lyrics had been extrapolated, their meanings subverted, and polemics, and I had been anointed as the big bubba of rebellion, high priest of protest, czar of dissent, duke of disobedience, leader of the freeloaders, kaiser of apostasy, archbishop of anarchy, the big cheese. But what the hell are they talking about? Horrible titles anyway, you want to look at it. All code words for outlaw. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of understand why this would frustrate you, but even though I'm no amazing musician, but I'm glad you could let up your or let out your pent up frustration, so we can, you know, just get an inch closer to the understanding to understanding the meaning of life, which is what you speak a lot about in your lyrics and in your songs. But speaking of life, as we do end this interview, I want to leave our listeners with with the reason for your liking of folk music. So, what what do you really like about folk music, and how did it draw you into to be part of that 
folk songs are evasive. The truth about life, and life is more or less a lie. But then again, that's exactly the way we want we want it to be. We wouldn't be comfortable with it any other way. And a folk song has over a thousand faces. You must meet them all if you want to play this stuff. And a folk song might vary in meaning. It might not appear the same from one moment to the next. Depends on who's playing and who's listening. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Okay, Max. We have a we have a lot to a lot to delve into right now. After hearing Bob sp- speak to us, um, and so Max and I did read the read the autobiography, and Bob Fox focuses a lot on um, songwriting, and so that's what we wanted to focus on as well. And that's where he really talks about life. So, Max, would you like to start anywhere in particular? Yes, I wanted to. I thought it was very interesting and very true that when he talks, when he said that songwriting isn't something then that happens like when you wake up you think oh i should i need to write a song i think i think the best songwriters which bob dylan is very definitely categorized as one of the best if not the best songwriter of all time i think it's interesting how and very true that he when he says that it's more of like a it's when the thoughts come to you when the ideas come to you or when you when you do understand or realize things about the bigger picture of life that sort of inspires you to write a song it's not it's not like a duty and it happens over time it's like like a like a, like a making like a, a sedimentary rock you know layer by layer that's a great yeah. analogy yes ah thank you max um mr maloney has taught us taught us lots about rocks yes yes of back course. in ninth grade um but yeah i think I, I think that's not only true for songwriting, and this is, you know, these words I'm about to say will come, can come out of anyone, anyone's mouth. It's, it's not anything new. Here, here on the podcast, Max and I, we don't really do anything new. We just tell you what you haven't heard before, but <laughs> not necessarily new. But the, the idea is that um, people who are maybe proficient in a certain area and, you know, um, the, how they started, they're not always like, you know, hey, I'm just going to start today. But it, it takes time. And so I think that kind of goes along with the idea of that, you know, in life, it's just like if you let your life take its course and you follow things that you enjoy and um, things that make you happy, you know, over time, you might start to develop that into, you know, a passion. And then that 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 track from more broad can start to become more specific to something you really like. As long as you keep all your doors open, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, I think you can. I think you. I mean, you talked about you. Sorry, you stopped yourself, but I think you can relate it to to our podcast. I think it's sort of similar. I mean, we we find joy in learning new things about different people and how what they thought about life, and then whatever we learn from the autobiographies or from interviews that we, or for any information that we get from other people, we want to project it to to our listeners no matter how yeah yeah, we just we that's what we find we find joy in and then we find it interesting and then we want to 
portray that just like Bob Dylan did with his songs. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, Max and I, we didn't even think about making a podcast um, until well, Mr. Creedon gave us the option of an essay or podcast, and if you were in the mind of an 11th grade boy, you would have picked the podcast as well, and so um, that's what we did, and we enjoyed it so much, so it's just keeping doors open, and um, Bob portrays that, and I also think, going back to the autobiography stuff, um, we've learned so much from autobiographies, it's probably my favorite genre of book now, and um, to make sure, to, to prove, to give evidence to our listeners that autobiographies is what is what is what is in the now. Um, Bob Dylan, his his he looked up to um his um Mr. Um, Woody Guthrie, and he read Woody Guthrie's autobiography to get a sense of him. So, I think we can say that we are in good company. Yes, would you yes, agree yes. with that, Max? <laughs> I definitely would. I also think it's yes. um. I, I agree with you that I love autobiographies now, and I think it, I think they're they're good because, at at, at first when we were when we were deciding on reading autobiographies, I thought that they were a little bit boring, a little bit like historical, but what, once you get into it, it's more it's more like a story, and you get to experience what they lived through, and more importantly, what they thought about life and all the things and like all the experiences that they had that influenced their thinkings about life and the bigger picture of all the unsolved mysteries of life yeah yeah and and to go into the storytelling portion of this is kind of like bob dylan's songs they're all stories um and um that's what makes them so interesting you know and and you know what let's go now to how he thought about you know people thinking that his songs were um you know, political, going against the government, trying to stand up for stuff. Um, how, what do you think about that? I think it's it's very um it's very moving that he that he didn't really he wasn't too worried about what other people. I mean, he did care about what other people thought of him, but he didn't want to be in that politics. So he didn't want to be characterized by his listeners about like this guy who was very into politics and sort of succumbed to like that whole um i don't really know how to describe it but he didn't really his politics wasn't really the main cause of his his songwriting and he was he got very frustrated that a lot of people thought about that thought about him like that yeah but do you think do you think you can become or do you think there's validity in his frustration at the way of the way people in, in interpreted his song because i think there's there's one it's one thing to like interpret someone else's art like let's take art for example you know some art like can be interpreted many many different ways right and and not all those ways are the ways the author intended it or the artist intended it same for books you know um you know in english class it seems like it's like they're pulling stuff out of like you know the the most minute details and you think like does the author even intend for that to be thought of that you know like that and so um i don't think bob dylan could have had validity in in him being frustrated in like people interpreting his songs politically but i think there is validity in him being frustrated that um you know once they interpreted that way they were like oh bob dylan you know you're our man you know you're gonna fight for us you're like oh i just like what inspired you to write those political songs I think that that can be frustrating, but 
people interpreting his songs politically, that that is not up to him. Yeah, I think I you bring is up that, a good point. Yeah, you bring, up, you bring up a very good point. I think he can't. I don't. I, I think it's it's sort of. I don't know if this is exactly what you were saying, but I don't think it's valid for him to be frustrated at the people who interpreted his songs not the way that he he wanted to. Because I think your example about books or movies, even, I think it's very true that when you read a book, every every that that's the beauty about it everyone interprets different things in their own way the way they they want to see it that's the i think that's the beauty of a book because it can be interpreted in millions of ways and that's just that's why people read books so they can let their imagination grow it's not just like a one a one-minded or one-way track of just you have to think this you have to think this you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and and if we try to try to use this now to one of Bob Dylan's songs. So, you know, one of my favorites is um, All Along the Watchtower. And the Joker and, and the Thief, there's two characters, right? Joker and the Thief. And now, you know, some people think that the Joker could be and the Thief are two different parts of, you know, Bob Dylan's personality. Or sometimes, some people, I read that, you know, some people think the Joker is Bob Dylan and the Thief is um, Presley, you know, guy. Um, and so, um, because he like stole African American music and like, like labeled it his own, and if we go on that track, there's just hundreds and hundreds of different things you can think of. Like, who is a thief? Who is the who is the Joker? You know, I could say, you know, I'm the Joker and Max is a thief, or Max is a thief, I'm the Joker. You know, and um, and or they're both outcasts in society, and. Bob Dylan isn't ever going to give us the answer to that, right? He's not going to be like, no, the Joker is this guy and the Thief is this guy. And so what makes that song so popular is that I think it can be interpreted in many different ways. And it can be interpreted in the way that like relates best to you, even if that's technically not the correct way. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think about that? No, I think it's. I think that's very true. I think it relates exactly to what we were saying before. I think that he he can't really be too. I mean, I can understand that he would be frustrated about it, but I don't think I don't think it's too valid just because that's what makes that's what makes music or books or whatever you like. That's what that's what that's what makes people like it so much because they can interpret it their own way and however it relates to them or whatever they're going through, whatever their experiences, they can bring those experiences into their into their imagination and then build off of there yeah yeah i think we've we've smothered that topic yes so if we continue on to um um you know what should what does he talk about a lot he he talks a lot about like of course you know how his songs are interpreted and talks about how um people thought because he was so famous you know maybe he that's why he's using this platform um I also just, you know, talking, going back to his personality, um, and out of the people, out of the autobiographies we've read, like the two people I would want to spend, the, like if I had to pick two of the people I want to spend the rest of my life with, on like an island, like me, you, and those two people, and like we just talk about life, definitely Mark Twain and Bob Dylan, um, because they both don't care, like they don't, they don't have a care in the world what anyone else thinks about them, and they're just, they have so, they're so wise, so philosophical, like like they have so much philo- they love philosophy um is that would you pick the same too i would out of out of the people that we have spoke about on our podcast i would pick those two yes 
I can't. I, off the what top, about if we? Yeah. Off the top. Well, of I'm my, just gonna say. Like, you go. You go. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you're gonna say because we're great minds to think alike. But I think off the top of my ah, head, yes. if we were gonna pick around everyone else in the world, not just the people on this <laughs> podcast, uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't really think about it. So I guess, as of now, it would yeah. be Mark Twain and Bob Dylan, just because Good. they're so fun. They're they're just fun people, and they're so they they can just use bring all their experiences into into a conversation and they're wise and again i think it's great that they don't really care too much about what other people think because it's your life like i don't think other people have i don't think there's any validity in other people telling you what to do or how to think just because it's your life you know yeah and I was I was gonna ask Max that same thing that he just talked about. So these are the problems of of uh, recording virtually, virtual recording. Yes, yes. But so one thing um, now in 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 the, we couldn't add everything that um, Bob Dylan talked about in his in his autobiography. So there's some things that um, we do wanna we do wanna mention. He says um, he says that. Um, talks about how he likes the night and he really talks about his imagination a lot and how that leads to songwriting so you know he says you know I, I like the night you know things grow at night my imagination is available to me at night all my preconceptions of things go away and sometimes you could be looking for heaven in the wrong place and you know sometimes it could be right under your feet what did that what did that make you think of max when you when you read that well of course i think this everyone would think about at night things grow at night obviously I think it's interesting or it's very it's interesting to think about that when you're sleeping and your body is sort of this in this trance where you're not your your mind is working and ticking along but outside of that you're not really you're not awake and then the whole world is still bustling and moving and things are growing and things are moving and everyone's thinking different things and you're in this trance of just thinking about life and just your imagination is just booming with with whatever is going on in your life, I think that was very interesting. Yeah. What did you think it's, about it's it? It's like a dream. Yeah, it's, it's like a dream. Yes, it is a yeah. dream. Well, the last part I thought we could kind of come back to religion, one of our favorite topics. Yes, yes. You know, sometimes you could be looking for heaven in the wrong places. It could be under your feet. I feel like that. I think what he's trying to say there is he think he he's trying to say that when people live for heaven, that they shouldn't because being alive that is heaven itself just being fortunate to be alive if you think about all the things that had to like happen perfectly for you to come for you to be born it's like one little thing not happening and you could not even be born like that that's like the possibility of you being born is so small and so i feel like like it's like it's like say max say, say we die Yes. We go to heaven, and we get there, and they're like, "Okay, now you gotta pray a ton to hope to go to heaven again." It's like, "What? Well, I thought I, I thought I already made it," you know? Yeah. I think so. That's that's how I think about life. I think we're already in heaven. You know, we might as well enjoy it. Exactly. Again, just for our listeners, I don't want anyone to get upset or frustrated. Interpretation is up to everyone else, but this is just me and Anuj's interpretation of of the reading we have in front of us. But I do agree with Anuj that. I sort of agree with you. I think I liked when you said that um, people shouldn't live for heaven. I think when people are thinking too much about 
oh, if I do this, is it good or bad? Will I go to heaven or hell? I think that that's all a little bit crazy. I think it's mental to think about things like that because, like you said, I think life is a gift. Life is a gift itself. I think you should just live life in the moment. And that relates to what we were thinking, what we were talking about. If you're always thinking about what's good and what's bad, you're basically just thinking about what other people think about you, and that's that's we we're not like that. That's just it's just not the way we want to think about.、It. Yeah, but there is importance to reflecting.、Um, like, say things are going by fast, and I think what he means at night is.、Um, Like he says, all my preconceptions of things go away, and so like, I feel like that gives that allows him to、um, to reflect on what's happened in his life, and also just kind of like when he's when he's dreaming at night, he can kind of view life with a clean slate by using only like what he thinks, and by not being influenced by what it, what what anybody else thinks. Yeah, and I read, I forget when I read this, but. I did read at some point that when you're sleeping, all of your all of your dreams come from either your past experiences of or your emotions at that time. So anything you're scared of, that might come up in your dream in some way, or your dream might portray that. Anything that you love, or things that you like doing, or the way you think about the world, that all comes up in your dream. So I think you're exactly right that it's sort of like a clean slate, and it's just just your mind, your imagination, no one else's. So no one else influences that. I think that's amazing. That's、yeah. that's the amazing part about dreams. Yeah, I look forward to my dreams every night. I do too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think yeah we learned that. We learned about. We took it a little further, but we learned about、um, you know about the whole songwriting process about Bob Dylan's view on life and and how he he really lives life almost like you know unbuckle the seatbelt and just kind of like slide your shoulders. Relax and and let the ride, you know, take control, you know, and open open his mind to many opportunities. And so, you know, now we we look.、Oh, Max, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I think I think I just want to say that I think it, it's amazing how we always learn so much about life just from listening to what other people think about life. Just because it's always good to get outside perspectives. Because yeah, I think it's great. And also, I'd like to thank Bob Dylan for recording his. Autobiography, because otherwise we wouldn't really be able to do this. So,、uh, thank you. Yes, I I, I want to thank him as well.、Um, and I also want to, me, Max, and I both want to thank you guys for listening.、Um, you know, it's been a little rough with the fourth fourth of July recordings, but hopefully you you enjoy this this episode, and and we'll see you again for our next episode. Kept the view while all the women came and went, barefoot servants too. Outside in the distance, a wild cat did growl. 